yeah, definitely got the imposter syndrome, but I've had some people tell me, like, if not you, then who, you know? Like, I've done the time, I've sort of earned my stripes and feel like I've really got something to offer. Well, I'm sure there's been a few of you sitting around waiting for this next episode to drop. I did think of dropping it straight away, but we thought we would keep with regular programming and trickle this one out to you. This is part two of a conversation I had with a fellow called Clancy McKay. Now, if you're picking up this combo because you missed a week of the podcast, we're not angry, not disappointed, but you better go back and listen to last week's episode first, and then I reckon just keep a spare half an hour in your diary because this chat is remarkable. This fella, when when we talk about people in agriculture and uncovering these absolutely extraordinary stories of people, I think Clancy just epitomises that. Uh, he, he has lived for 10 men and what he has been through, overcome, and how he just continues to keep moving forward in a way that is really with a lot of positivity and optimism is just remarkable. So... Let's jump straight into part two. And if you didn't hear the first part, go listen to it. If you haven't checked it out, this whole interview is over on YouTube. Search Humans of Agriculture and you can watch us have that chat. Let's get into it. That first part of the story is just like incredible. And I think what we'll probably touch on is we chatted about it off air, but you talk about these different events that have happened in your life as different trials and things. Yeah, yep, yep, for sure. We were... We were rapping, chatting about Norm and and I guess his boys now taking over the business. You've come to Marcus. Like, was there events or tipping points that like I'm gonna say for not forced you, but like, yeah, got you to play the hand and go, actually, there's more that I need to learn, look at, etc. Yeah, I've always um like all these all these trials and whatnot, I've always always had this mentality of you tell me I can't do something or whatever, I'm going to prove you wrong, I guess, would be the thing. Um, and like any challenge in my life, I've always tried to overcome it and, and use it as a stepping stone, you know. So like my parents' divorce, it was really hard on me because I was so young and whatnot. Um, that was like a stepping stone for me. And I was, yeah, I was playing up, I was really wild and whatnot, but it made me tough, you know, like it made me tough for those sort of things. And I was talking before about rodeoing and the challenge, the challenge of trying to overcome and and get good at that and the hard knocks. Like I fresh, fractured my neck twice doing doing saddle bronc. Um, <laughs> the first line, first time was only not long. I'd made a set of finals and I was only probably eighteen and I just got speared off this horse and and my whole neck clicked back and I hairline fractured my C six and then um and then it happened again in America. I um I hung a stirrup and got whipped whipped over on the offside. So my left foot was hung up and I was just like a little whip cracker. Eh? just cracked me old neck on the on the ground oh. um, but i was super super lucky you know i only wore a brace for a little while and was never never <laughs> How long's a little while uh maybe i wore a brace for only a few weeks like they said the brace is good in the early days but you really needed to get that you don't want to lose all that muscle and whatnot so yeah i sort of um wore a brace for a little while it was never anything that i needed surgery on but my old neck's definitely pretty stiff stiff from it now um my god but uh yeah never 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 it doesn't worry me you know i was at a um but yeah, all these things, my old man passing and all that were all, all building blocks for me. Like if I could overcome these things rather than let them ruin me and then lay in the dirt and sulk or whatever, I just used them as building blocks, you know, like it took a year after my old man died to, to really, um, overcome that depression. And, uh, basically, um, now it, it's changed who I was. All these events change who you are and, 
And um, like people, people change. Some people say, "Oh, people don't change," but they do. It's up to them to change. Um, you can either, yeah, like I was saying, sulk about it, or, or use that to your advantage and let that harden you up. And you don't want to be too hard, but at the same time, overcoming the adversity and the hardships and whatnot, it just makes you so much more open to um, to handling tough things in your life, whether it's someone shorts you on money or you know one of your old mentors is not who you thought he was all that sort of stuff um it um you you can handle things so much better you know like oh yeah like all these things i've used as building blocks and that's what's led me to here is um basically i've just i'm trying to build myself up all the time and um like i've started boxing in geelong and i've got this bit of a rare fight up in uh pittsworth in in six weeks i think it is and that's just another another thing for me to overcome. You know, it's, I don't want to go and stand in there and bang with someone for no reason, but it's me proving to myself, you can do it, mate. You can handle the training. And, like, they're just building blocks for me. And and um, everything I do, whether it's sail wrong, whatever it is, flying, um, getting a job license, getting this diploma at the end of the year, it's just all proving to me that whatever I pull on, put my mind to, I can I can achieve. Eh? And, and um, so, yeah, I don't know where I'm going to end up, but, yeah, I've definitely I've used all these events to my advantage, eh? and, and that's one of my – the thing that I'm probably proud of the most is being able to overcome all these hardships and and um, and not worry about them, eh? You use them to your advantage is all I can say to you. Use everything that happens to your advantage. There's a lesson in everything on what not to do or, you know, bloody um, – yeah, don't let stuff ruin you is, is the thing I'm trying to, trying to say, I suppose. Yeah. No, and because this is something like I – I've wondered a lot, like you've faced like more than your fair share of challenges and then off the back of that too, there's some incredible things that have happened. Yeah. One thing I'm trying to work out like for myself now is like do you, when these things happen and you go, all right, actually we'll, we just need to keep the momentum moving forwards because otherwise you'll stall like. Yeah. When it comes to the, and I guess the question's probably around like reflection, but like when it's a good thing, or a bad thing like do you really sit there like with yourself to think about that and reflect on it yeah um i guess i've had no choice like i uh, like flying like my old man passing and flying you're on your own like all the time out there yeah you're working with the crew and your master and cattle but the amount of time you get to think in the air is is amazing like um like you don't worry i've had a lot of dark thoughts when i was when i was down and whatnot um but you just you you look at the world in a different way. Um, yeah, that's what I've always loved. I always like being on my own. At the same time, I love my mates and whatnot. But being on my own is when I really grow on. And as like you say, reflection and just like thinking, thinking deep into these things and what 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 can become of them. And doesn't matter if they're good or bad. You know, like um, I love love thinking. You know, up here is where it's at. You know, you really can uh, really can work things out. You know, some people can't stand to be on their own and being their thoughts and. And that's a worry, you know. You gotta gotta bloody get used to being on your own and dealing with your own problems and whatnot. And yeah, get help if you if you're having trouble with it. But you know, you just gotta back yourself. Hey, eh? that's that's I'm, I back myself to a T. You know, I'll I'll fight until I die. You know, is is the mentality I think you gotta have. Like yeah. And have you always had that? Yeah, I think I have. I think it comes from my parents. Like just that go get it, hard working determination yeah i've definitely all had that and like when i was talking about like having problems with authority is it was i'll just always stand up for myself or whatever you know and it was it was rare you know like i uh, i don't know how to explain that but just just like it didn't matter whether it was bullying or not it didn't matter if you got bashed or whatever happened like when you're growing up just stand up for yourself and and yeah overcome these things otherwise you bloody um yeah i know people who sort of let let that get the best of them and 
where are they now? Like a lot of my mates, I went to school, some of them wildcats, I wouldn't know where they are. They spend a lot of time in juvie, some of them fellas, like, bloody, um, wouldn't know where they are, what what happened to them, eh? It's pretty sad, you know, and bloody, it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a real bad town they were in, but, and then there's other fellas who have done really well, whether it's football or whatever they did, they've made something of themselves, eh? But, yeah, you can certainly lay there in the dirt and grovel, but you've got it's to keep moving forward. Eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, bloody. Stay out of, stay out of all the bad stuff, eh, as well, like all the, Drugs and all that stuff. So many people fall into that game and and rely on it. Eh? You can't be happy without that sort of stuff. And yeah, never, never, never ends good, does it? It's a terrible thing. Yeah. The, now the last card which I've turned over, and I reckon it's still there. I did it with someone a few weeks ago. Well, maybe it's not. No, it's not. But I'm I'm going to ask you because it's, it's one which stuck with me. I'm fascinated on. Yep. Uh, the question was: Do you think your younger self would look up? to you today and be proud of the person you've become um yeah definitely definitely like my younger self was just a wild cat you know i was bloody um i never thought i'd end up where i am now and who knows where i'm gonna end up you know but i just i'm always evolving um yeah that's a that's a good question like yeah you think back and i look back and i'm sort of embarrassed about who i was now uh, like what why did i carry on so much and rebel so hard but same time, I'm I'm proud of it in a way because it made me who I am, you know, like just same thing, overcoming those things. I had to deal with that, all that stuff in a different way and, and I was rebelling back then. Um, so, yeah, it's um, – yeah, I, de- I definitely think the younger version would, would look up to who I am now. I'm still still a pretty wild character, I suppose, <laughs> I'm, I'm adrenaline junkie or whatever it is. But, yeah, um, I definitely – a good – Good, good role model in the sense that I've like I've had some mates go through some really hard things and like the Fisher boys losing Norm last year, you know, like I ended up getting them to come down to another really good friends of mine, the Lansdowns, and and um, they come down and spend a month with us working horses because they really wanted to know about like breaking horses and riding horses because their old man was good at it but never had time to show them and they'd sort of gone out of that out of that game from the early days of breaking in Brumbies and using Brumbies and. So they come down and, and just to get them out of the territory for a while and to work horses, they just loved it, you know, and being able to show them boys stuff and Mitchie and Teresa show them boys stuff and they just, uh, they're like, this is like Yellowstone, they reckon, you know, because the, the Lansdowne family have got amazing setup and really good horses and so that was so cool. Like to be able to help help like my mates like that who've gone been for trouble, another good mate, Lukey Robinson, he lost his army in the end of last year too and just being able to talk him through stuff and talk to him about how I went through it and, and like just you got to keep your chin up and stay busy, mate, and reach out. You know, like your mates be around your mates if, if you can. You know, and he's a hardworking fella, and like he um he's just been in Kununurra and out there on his own, and and um yeah, he's bloody he's handled it really well. You know, he's he's um just head down, ass up sort of thing. Eh? And work and definitely, I I think for me, well, work got me through it. You know, and work's got him through it. And yeah, just staying busy. You know, don't get in your head too much. That's the thing. Like um. I like when I was flying, it was hard not pit, to be in your head, but it was good when I had a crew and I had cattle going everywhere. Give me something to think about and how to how to do do each job each day, you know. So and then the horses, it was just all escapes for me. I eh? just yeah, so yeah. And so the the territory had meant so much to you personally, to your family. Tell me about the decision coming to Marcus. What was the what was your expectations coming um, in? Yeah, I had no idea, you know, like what it was going to be like. And I'm obviously a bit older than a fair few of the guys there. There's a few older followers there. But, um, yeah, it was a big thing. It was a huge thing for me to to put a year off of work, you know, like I, I, all my money comes off my own back and what I can do, you know, and to put a year off and 
definitely landing that scholarship was a game changer. You know, like I, I probably still would have come, but it would have been extremely hard for me to to sacrifice um, a year's work and income to come down here. Um, so, so now, now that I am here, I, I'm loving it. A eh? like I, I think, um, I think a lot of people should come down here, but don't come when you're too young. I reckon go and do a few years and work out. Have a rough idea of where you want to go when you actually like. If you want to learn about business, what is the business you want to go and do? You know, like um, have a have a have a bit of a game plan. So when you get here and you learn all these skills and whatnot, you can use them to evolve that thing. And since I've been here, I've got this confidence to pull on this stuff that I want to do next year, which I'd love to talk about. Like doing, I'm going to do a bit of fencing. I've got good mates going to go and partnership with me and and um and do fencing. He'll run that run the show and whatnot, and I'll own a bit of the gear and. And um, so we'll we'll do a bit of contract fencing, but where my real passion is is I want to build the Stock Inland School, and there's a few fellas doing it up there um, around the golf and and in the territory and whatnot. My style is just so different. It's it's, it's all my dad's stuff. He re- was so passionate about it, and he had drawn all these amazing sketches on how to work cattle and whatnot. And I'm I'm building on them. I want to build my own sort of thing and add to add to his stuff that he left me. Um, and I've got all this flying to back it, you know. Like I've seen it from the flying side. I've seen all these different crews and how they operate and what works, what doesn't work, and and what I'm learning here at Mark is about working people and people skills and how to communicate with your crew because it's sort of the game's changed up there, you know. Like the headstockmans, and I'm not pointing the finger at everyone. There's a lot of lot of really good shows who are doing an amazing job, but I've seen a lot that are like the old mates, 21 or 22, and and trying to run all these 18, 9-year-olds who are going up there straight out of school, don't really know anything about the bush, and then they've got this young fellow who's head stockman because he's been there two years longer than them to try and run them. Like the stress on him as well as like trying to run them men and then trying to run cattle and operate cattle, shape cattle up to string them out and whatnot. It, when shit hits the fan, um, like being on the flying side, shit hits the fan, they start yelling and yelling at their men, and as soon as you start yelling at someone, you lose – you know, they explained it to Marcus. You yell at someone, then he's only going to give you 80% next time. And then you yell at him again. You're just losing respect, you know, because you're losing your cool. You don't know how to handle that situation. And, and, um, they, people, people are lucky up there. Oh, we'll get the chopper. We'll get the chopper, you know. Choppers are great to get cattle together, get them onto waters and whatnot. But when it comes to walking cattle and, and, and getting them to the yard and yarding up, you shouldn't need a chopper, you know, you should. Should have enough abilities to um, to basically be able to handle all them big sappy wieners or whatever it is, whatever challenge you got that day, um, and not run into trouble. And all it is is positioning your men, knowing how to read cattle, and knowing how to train your men to basically have enough understanding to to, to know their position, know to look behind them, and it's all all team effort. And um, so my schools are going to be um, very different. To what's going on up there? I'm going to teach these guys a lot more about um, communicating and working men and and getting the ego out of it too. You know, some of these guys are on a bit of a power trip, and and um, there's a really handy young fella shows up in their crew. He's got this amazing understanding, and he's he's super good. Works really hard, and there's a, like a bit of a jealousy to it. And these guys want to hold them back and always blaming them for whatever goes wrong and whatnot. You've got to learn to work as a team, and and um, by bettering your men, you're only going to put yourself high, you know, and you want to work up your ranks to, you know, overseer, assistant manager, manager. You've got to be able to um, basically level your crew up, and you, and eventually your crew will take your position, and it's it's all a it's all a cycle. But everyone up there now, a lot of these bigger places and whatnot, the whole crew will leave. Even head stockmans will leave next year. It'll be a whole new crew. You start fresh. Those guys don't know the country. They don't know that place. They don't know how the cattle work there and whatnot. So like every year sort of starting from scratch and I'd hate to think of the money spent in training these guys every year and the chopper hours because everything just 
they they run a bit of a route and you end up chasing the cattle all the way to the yard and the cattle get yarded by the machine and the extra hours and the stress and miss mothering and all it's all a snowball effect you've got to got to get on top of it and change its trend and if we can get more staff attention these guys sticking around and they see a career in the bush up there it'd be game changer you know and um i'm not going to give away all my secrets on how <laughs> uh, how i'm planning on, on doing that and what's different to me but yeah i'm definitely um i definitely got some ideas and i'm talking to some people and and trying to um trying to get this get that happening i hope it hope i can pull it off so hey it's nick here sheep farmer and rabobank regional client council member i'm passionate about supporting our local community so we can improve community well-being and build strong local economies. My job as a client council member is to help secure funding for regional grassroots initiatives. Those that support education in ag, rural health, sustainability, and help bridge the country city divide. We've helped organisations like Boys to the Bush, funded school field days like Ag Vision, and held succession planning workshops, just to name a few. If you have an idea to make a difference to regional Australia, Go to our website at www.rabobank.com.au and nominate via our community fund. We'd love to hear from you. I've got three questions or two or three questions yep. off of that. First one being like why why do you want to do this and kind of what's the impact that you want to have from that? Um, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people are like, oh, what are you going back flying? Why do you want to get out of flying? And yeah, flying's been amazing, been a lot of fun, seen a lot of country. But flying is, I'm at the stage now, buy a machine, go and do it for however long. When you own a machine, you live in it. Like that's your life. Forget about having horses and whatnot. Whatever your passions are, throw them out the window. If you're not in that machine, you're not making money. So, so I, I don't want to fly. I, I, you know, I want to do maybe a month or two for my friends each year just to, cause I, I do like getting up there and the freedom it gives me, but it's, it's not what I want to do anymore. My passion lies in educating cattle and helping educating people and training horses. Like I, I, when my old man left me all his bloodline of horses from America, like our blood goes right back to that American blood and it's really old. And he left left a lot of that to John and I, and I've continued to breed them, you know. And so I've got all this good young stuff coming through. So if I can work out a way to to be training my horses, working on my horses, and can train that with working cattle and educating people, that's 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 I'm just that excited to. If I can pull that off, that'll be game changer for me, you know, and, and good for my head. Like just that's what that's what I love doing. So to bring all those three things together will be next level for me. Um, if that answers your question, no, yeah, sure. it does. Yeah. The other one being around like the fears and dreams part. And so I know, I know you like you've got to hold on to the nitty gritty of the idea. Yeah. But how beneficial have you found it actually sharing, I guess, at a high level, like what the dream is that you're trying to achieve? Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, it's really cool, you know, and it's like sort of old connections and whatnot that have seen it, sort of seen and, uh, knew my dad, but like a lot of this is off my dad because because of, of his reputation and whatnot. And then and then they've seen what I've I've done as well, so they sort of know that I'm onto something, and they know that I've done the time. Like 27 is pretty young to go and go and try and train these people, but it's not really. I know these people. I know I've worked with them for a lot of years now, and and these young crews, and I've had to adapt and use them in the from the chopper point of view, position them. And if I knew they were really green, I'd set them up in a position. I'd still use them. Some people won't use them. They'll say, "Sit under that tree, mate." And and I oh, come and shut the gate when we're done, you know. Like, yeah. but I was always always big on trying to use these guys and 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 throwing them in the mix because they get better and better. And then you go back there in three months' time, they're a better man altogether. 
Um, so I'm trying to remember your question. What's it like? Um, putting the putting the the dreams, but also maybe the yeah. the fears out there. Have you put the fears out there around starting this? Or um, is there any? Yeah, I definitely have that. Um, what's what is that called? Um, Imposter. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Oh, that's that's, <laughs> a, that's a big one. That one. Um, yeah, definitely got the imposter syndrome. But I've had some people tell me like, if not you, then who? You know, like um, like I've I've done the time. I've sort of earned my stripes and feel like I've really got something to offer. So if I don't pull it on, I never will. If I that I'll say, and you wait for the right time, it'll never come. So yeah, let's let's see what happens. And if it works out, it works out. Um, yeah. So. So and uh, the, if not now, when? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the dream down the down the future. Like I'm, I'm not going. I'm not coming in to tell you how to work stock at all. I'm not trying to change how you do things. I'm trying to give you a heap of tools that you can use and build your own style. Like there's a million ways to do everything, whether it's breaking in horses or educating cattle, walking cattle. Million ways to do it. You know, I'm going to give you a wedge of tools that might might help your style. You know, like um, yeah, just even communicate with men like these little tricks. You know. Um, which I think are going to really help people and they can a- adapt their own style. Everyone's going to have a different point of view and, and you know, some of these guys that could be teaching could be end up being way better than me. You wouldn't know. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's it. I'm excited. That's the dream, to build a system that um, that really um, helps these guys and gives these guys all the tools whenever they need it. Like, I don't have to be there. They'll have, have it at the touch of a button, you know, and, and yeah, so we'll see. But, um, yeah. That's cool. And, well, and as you say, like, They'll be smarter than you. I was, I was only reading a book yesterday at my desk and like the opening line is like the best business managers are the dumbest person in the room. <laughs> yeah. But they're the smartest because they know what questions to ask of the smart people. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's another good old fellow who had, had the saying, you know, I don't know anything about like whether it's business or whatever, but I've got the ability to hire someone that does and I can bring all these skills together. And that's like you say, a good operator can bring all these and be smart enough to know and understand that he doesn't know what he's he's doing as such. So hire someone that does. Yeah. One one question I've got, and I haven't really asked many people this question before, but that that ability to change jobs, and I think what's really cool about you is how you say that you really haven't had a home for God fifteen or so years. Yeah. Um, but how important has changing jobs been in actually enabling you to be able to get the clarity around how you can turn this idea into? The dream, yeah, definitely. Um, I I've always been a gypsy, you know. Like I've always loved, like, um, when you've been somewhere for three months and whatnot, and you and you you sort of start to get a little bit sour, you know, if you're doing the same thing day in and day out. And that's why I love that contractor lifestyle, or or just the ability to float between places and meet people and learn off everyone else, and and like the career changes that I done, like that they're all building blocks. Like I was talking about earlier, like they all just build you up and I just every year I seem to be a different character like I'm down here and and these are like the tools I'm getting from Marcus that's another building block for me to to evolve into this next character you know and and um yeah I think if you if you just sit in the one spot and get comfortable that comfort is the worst thing you can you can you know people get comfortable in relationships in in workplaces and whatnot and they never leave them or not in my eyes you've got to you've got to keep keep evolving and do you want to work for someone for the rest of your life or do you want to have your own thing running and um and uh the old dennis conway he, he says you got to make money work for you you know you got to have have them dollars ticking over in the paddock you know and um whether it's steers getting fat or whatever so when you go to sleep at night you still got money coming in you know and i've got to adjust and i've got to evolve to where i can get like that too i'm not there yet but it's going to take revenue to get to a place where i've got money ticking over for me but that's the dream you know like to, to um 
basically whether it is cattle or real estate, whatever I end up deciding to, to go into. But yeah, all these things are going to be to sort of build build myself a business to where I can sort of I never relax, but I just have money to do what I want to do. That'd be that'd be unreal, you know, and, and help help young people. I'm big on helping people who are willing to learn. I I got no time for people to don't want to learn. My dad my dad did it as well, you know, like people would go out working with the old man whether it was Wayne Breaking and whatnot, and I say, oh, I heard he was a hard old bastard and used to yell at everyone. He didn't say a thing to me. Oh, I must have done good. My old man wouldn't say a thing to you if he didn't think you were worth it. If you were um, if you were a lazy bugger or thought you knew it or whatever, he would just send you to the back and wouldn't wouldn't help you at all. But if he was yelling at you, riding up to you, explaining different things, it's because he, he was trying to build you up. Like, um, yeah, he, he took a lot of pride in trying to help people. He was a hard man on the way he taught. But, yeah, if, if you're worth it, he would put the time in. I'm the same. If you're, you've got an open eye and you're willing to learn, I'll, I'll pour all my time into you and I'm – it's like the like the Fisher boys like just wanting to learn about horses. I knew they were that keen on on willing to learn. It's like I'll give you one hundred and ten percent of my time and um, help you. You know, you want to breed horse, whatever you want to do. I'll, I'll try and help you get there. You know, so yeah, I'm, I'm big on helping people if they're if they're willing to if they want to be helped. I guess is the word. We've done a hundred and I think it's one hundred and seventy interviews now. And so one thing I'm I need to get better at is asking people different like for them to give me a question to ask a future guest. I've asked you a couple already, but like one question and as you were saying the last piece around I guess the through the stock handling what you actually the impact is and the why behind it. But I had someone god it was a while, it was probably a couple of years ago, and the question they wanted me to ask a future guest was what does a good life look like to you? And I'd love to know that from your perspective. Um yeah, that that's a good question, eh? I like that. Um What's a good life look for me? Like I've always had a dream of owning my own, my own country. I don't want heaps of country. I'd love a good life to me would be to have a block where I can run on my horses, run a few cows, and then um and still have all these other jobs ticking away. But just somewhere to call home. I've never haven't had a home for a long, long time, and um and I've been lucky enough to have good mates like the Lansdowns who let me leave my horses there from time to time and stuff like that. Like that's I love that, and I, and one day I want to have that, and I want to be able to, you know just kick back and look at what I got and be proud and, and to know where I've come from. And I guess that's a good life to me, being able to run my own horses on my own country and have a few cows and and um, and just, yeah, just just train train me old Brumbies up and stuff like that, I suppose. I don't know. That's a good life to me. Sounds pretty good, really. Yeah, it sounds, sounds good, but who knows? <laughs> if we'll get there, eh? Yeah, you can always learn. Now, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Um, no, mate, I'm pretty happy. Eh? I sort of dove into a few things and, and got to talk about a few of the industries and that. Eh? That, that was yeah, that was definitely the goal of the day was tell a bit of a story about where I come from and talk about what's next. So, no, I appreciate you, you that you giving me the chance to do that. It's awesome. So, no, well, thank you so much for sharing. I think so many people are going to take so much out of this chat. No, I hope, been... hope so. Yeah, hope they don't think I'm an old redneck out of the out of the scrub, but. <laughs> No, thank you. It's good. I don't think it matters. Now, one question I need to finish on, ask yep. everyone. If you get the chance to go and chat to year 10 students about why they should pursue a career in agriculture, what would you say to them? Jeez, I'd love, I'd love just to like just, well, I'd have a slideshow for one, like the slideshow I used at the, at the speech last week, and I'd be like, mate, the, the career opportunities in the bush are endless, you know, and the, and the, the, passion you learn like like the passion i've got for work and cattle and whatever the satisfaction you get out of it like you work so hard but um yeah just the places you get to go and and really that connection with the bush is 
it's unheard of. These poor guys that get stuck in the trend of, um, you know, paying heaps of rent and working from paycheck to paycheck and every weekend, what are we going to do for fun? We're going to go to party like that. I feel so sorry for them poor buggers that, that never can break that cycle and rents through the roof and they, all they want to do is own their own home and, and to get a loan is so hard. There's so many opportunities in the bush because you just, you know, for one, you you supplied food, no rent. Depends where you are, but it's just it can sort of give you, give you building blocks, you know, and and, and um, it builds so much character and you meet a lot of cool people in the bush. And, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd One day I'd love to stand up in front of some kids and, and know that there's troubled kids there like I was, you know, and bloody say, listen, mate, this could be your ticket out if you, if you want it. So it um, doesn't matter if you don't even know what a beast looks like, go up there and have a go. And, yeah, it doesn't matter what game you end up, Buffalo game, Croc game, there's a million of them. So, yeah, it's heaps to do and you can't see it. You're giving me another idea, and I was like, if we, if humans of agriculture could try and do one thing or make a goal of yours come true in the next few years, would it be that to to try and find the chance to stand in front of year ten students? Yeah, I'd definitely love to. I um, one day, yeah, one day I'd love to. Like, I think I, I think I've got because I've done so many unique things. I think I've and I've gone through a lot of trials and whatnot. Just. Like it would be cool to get a lot more kids out in the bush and whatnot because back in the day there used to be just heaps of young people and they'd go up there or there was seemed to be a lot more um, families in the bush. Now it's sort of the, the corporate world sort of taken over a little bit up there and, and they own a lot of the country up there so it's just just high turnovers, you know. So, yeah, definitely if that if that if um if I got the opportunity, I wouldn't wouldn't hesitate one bit. So um, that'd be cool. Yeah, awesome. Well, Clancy, thank you so much for sitting down and having a chat. It's been fascinating and and thanks for sharing your story with us yeah no worries thanks for your time it was awesome appreciate it cheers mate now if you're sitting here and you're thinking that you know someone who's like a clancy and has these extraordinary stories and experiences that just more people need to hear and understand i think firstly we would love for you to share clancy's story it is remarkable and if you've got other people that you think This Humans of Agriculture platform, the podcast, could really play a key role in uncovering a little bit more about their story and sharing it with even just one other person that could take something from it. Please reach out to us, hello at humansofagriculture.com because we'd always love to hear from you. Stay safe, stay sane. See you next week. Bye.